Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. And so this morning, I am extremely excited. I am blessed. I want to thank Pastor Derek, um, who is off preaching elsewhere, loving God's people, uh, just for the opportunity to preach. Uh, Pastor Steve, for uh, loving me and and helping me walk through this text as well. And so this morning, uh, if you guys can, if you want to get your Bibles, meet me in Matthew 25, and we're going to be in the first 13 verses. Um, But as you do that, I want to I want to go ahead and go before the Lord because I need to request and require of God that he show up and do what he can do and not me. Amen? So let me pray one more time, church. God, I thank you for this opportunity. Uh, It is a privilege to be a part of what you are doing in your people, God. The truth is, is that you are here this morning to love and lead your people, and I just get to be a part of that. So let me hide behind you and what you are doing. May I decrease so that you may increase, God, and may they not hear anything of what I got to say and everything of what you have for them. Uh, We pray that in the mighty name of Jesus. And we say... Amen. It is a new year. We have resolutions. We got things to accomplish this year. Anybody? Amen. Here's a hard truth. Uh, The same person of 2022 is still in the room, right? And so we're going to try to do better, but I hope to encourage you this morning through scripture uh, in such a way that we could orient our life and our vision and our focus on what God would have for us and not just run at life at our best ability, God has a plan for us, and that's a beautiful thing. And so this morning, one way I would like to love you well is through storytelling. Anybody heard a story before? This morning, we don't have kids ministry, so I'm going to ask if I can have all the kids in the room that are able to walk, right? If they are attached to a parent, go ahead and keep them with you. But all the kids, if you are in the room, can you guys come up front real quick? I'm talking to you. Yep. Oh, yeah, I got one coming. I want all the kids. Come up. Can we love on our kids? Yeah. Come on up. Come on up. I'm going to have you guys sit right here for me really quick. I don't know about you guys, but I love storytelling. And one of the beautiful things of storytelling is uh, outside of like spooky ones and stuff like that, storytelling could be a very loving thing, right? Amen? Amen. And so this morning, when we think about the context of how storytelling works, it's normally someone that has been a little bit more experienced, has some wisdom, and they want to share a truth with somebody, right? And so that's the context of storytelling in many, in, in many ways. And so this morning, kids, I want to tell you guys a story. Have you guys ever heard of the ant and the grasshopper? Anybody? I'm going to tell you really quick, Okay. As you guys find your way up here, they're good. They'll find their way. So there was once an ant, and he had a neighbor, the grasshopper. How many people? Ant, grasshopper, right? And they were great neighbors, and it was summertime. How many of you guys love summer? You love summer? I love summer. It's a great time. And during this summertime, the grasshopper would sing. I can't sing, y'all, but I'll try. He would sing, and he would dance the days away. He would have a great time while the ant would work. He would gather what he needed because you know what was coming? What comes after summer? Fall. You're right. 
But then after fall is winter. I feel that. But the ant gathered for winter. Why? Because he knew what was coming. And so then winter came and the ant was ready. He had all that he needed. But guess who didn't have what they needed? The grasshopper. And so now the grasshopper has nothing and winter is here and they, it's cold. He's hungry. He doesn't know how he's going to live. And so he has to knock on the ant's door and he says, please, please, please give me something to eat. And you know what the ant does? He says, I can't. Now that may sound sad, but you have to remember, they both had the same amount of time. One chose to waste his time. The other one worked hard to make sure he was ready for what was coming. And so this morning, I want to share a story with you about not wasting your time. Being prepared for what is coming. And so much like that ant and that grasshopper, Jesus loves us well through scripture. Children, you guys can go take a seat now. Thank you guys for helping me. Can we love our kids? It's family Sunday, so... If they're in the room, I want them to know that we are happy that they are in the room. Amen? Amen. And so, much to that sense, Jesus loves us through storytelling. And we are situated in Matthew 25, as you follow along, and Jesus is with some of the people that he loves the most, his disciples, the ones that are committed to follow and stay and hang and go through the ups and the downs. They're rocking with him. They are with Jesus, and Jesus takes a moment to love them well, and he says, let me tell you a story. He doesn't say it that way. He's actually been telling them multiple stories. But this specific story is settled. And so this morning, I want to title our time in the text, Are You Ready? Are you ready? You woke up this morning, you wanted to do better than you did last year, and you know you're asking yourself that question. And I, I need to get ready. You don't got to get ready if, if you stay ready. So we know, we know what this means. And so Jesus meets them where they're at, and he wants to tell them something very important. And so he says, the kingdom of God is like 10 virgins. Let me just clear the text and, and help us understand. He's talking about bridesmaids, all right? So we're going to use bridesmaids for the context so that we understand it. And so Jesus says, it is like 10 bridesmaids. Five of them are foolish, and five of them are wise. We might already start feel tension in our heart. Oh, whoa, why are you dividing the room like that? Five are foolish and five are wise, because the bridesmaid had a, had a responsibility, and some of them prepared well for that. Some of them, the wise ones, they grabbed oil for their lamps, because a lamp was what you would use for the procession. You would welcome the bridegroom. You would welcome the one that comes to, to, offic- or, or to be a part of the official covenant. And so the wise ones, they grabbed their oil. They grabbed their lamp. While the other ones grabbed their lamp but had no oil. And so they go on and they were waiting on the bridegroom. They're waiting for Mr. Dapper, the one that... that you know, we all look forward to seeing the bride and then the guy at the other end that patiently waits with tears flowing down his eyes. They're waiting. This point in custom times, 
It was a little bit different. They would get engaged, which was like marriage. I mean, it, was, it wasn't just like a ring on your finger and we'll see if this still works out. No, we were married. And if it wasn't going to work out, we had to divorce. That was, that was a different type of engagement. That already happened. He was already engaged. And there we're waiting for the moment that he would come to get his bride for the celebration. Y'all, there, there was something special about a wedding feast. They drank well. Anybody been to a good wedding? Man, a good wedding will make you, make you just feel some type of way. You want to be there. And although it ain't about you, you're blessed to be in the room. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so this is what they're waiting for. But guess what? The, the days go on, the time is happening, and they, they get weary and drowsy and they sleep. They were living life just like anybody else. And they sleep, and at midnight, at midnight, listen, I am helpless at midnight, okay? You wake me up, I tell my wife now, like, if, if someone breaks in at midnight, I don't know who's going to help us. <laughs> if you're looking at me, it, it's going to be tough. It's midnight, y'all, they're dead asleep. And here comes the voice, the bridegroom is here. Wake, 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 the bridegroom is here. The one that you have been waiting for is here. And they rise. They, they all get up, the 10 of them. They, they, they get up, eye boogers and everything. You know, they're stumbling. Where, where, where's my lamp? Where's, where's my lamp? They get their lamp. They trim their lamp. Oh, the moment's here. There's nothing like when you have been waiting for a moment and the moment arrives. You know what happens when a moment arrives? You become keenly aware whether you are ready or not. The wise ones got up and they trimmed their lamp and they, they set it ablaze and they were ready. The foolish ones got up and they trimmed their lamp and they realized we have no oil. My, my lamp is going to go out before he even gets here. Oh, okay, wise ones, you, you, have, you have oil. Can, can you give me some? Can you borrow me some of yours? And the wise ones look at them and say, because there won't be enough for you and I, you need to go and get your own. You need to go and get your own oil. So what do they do? The, the foolish uh, bridesmaids, they, they, they go. They, the, the wise ones say, listen, you can still go and buy from a dealer. They'll be there for you. Uh, hopefully you can get the oil you need. They go. Now they're scrambling. They're trying to make something happen. Oh, man. I, I knew I forgot something. No, you knew a long time ago that you weren't ready. But they, they get the oil. They go and they get the oil. Look at that. They got the oil. But while they were away, the bridegroom arrives. And the bridegroom now says it's time for us to go. And they go. They have the wedding procession. They welcome and lead the way for the bridegroom who has arrived. And they go and they follow and they make it to the wedding feast, y'all. A feast of all feasts. Oh, one where you would not have to think about what there is to eat because it's there. Wine so good, 
You're asking, what, where you get, what valley is this from? Man, these grapes are nice. It was a wedding feast that we all desire to be at. And so once they have arrived there, the foolish have gotten their oil and they run and they, they get to where the, the feast is happening and they knock. They knock at the door. Hey, bridegroom, br- bridegroom, bridegroom, we're here, we're here. We're here. We're here. And the bridegroom looks at them and says, truly I tell you, I do not know you. I do not know you. He gives them the answer, why am I telling you this? Verse 13, if you can join me there, because he says it way better. Verse 13, it reads this way. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Y'all, this is, a, this, this is, this is tough. This is tough. They, they were living life. There, there's some things that we got to look at this story. Walk with me as we, we observe what is happening. The room is divided. There are some that have been given a responsibility and they respond appropriately. And there are some who do not. I'm going to tell you guys something that might be hard to hear. You can be in the room and still miss it. You can be in the room and still miss it. And so you have these foolish and these wise, and and, and we're talking about 10 bridesmaids. There was nothing uniquely special. They didn't do anything extraordinary. They were given a responsibility, and they obeyed. Sometimes we look in the room and we're like, man, God, you're, you're you're, you're asking a lot. He's not asking you anything that is extraordinary. He's asking you to obey. He's asking you to obey. And they they were living life. The fact that they all slept, that just meant that they they lived life. So God is not telling you, do something that no one else is doing and and sit and look to the heavens and wait until I, I come back. God is fully aware that you need to live a life. But the question becomes, how will you live your life? They slept. They all slept. They worked. They went about their business. They did what they had to do. They pursued good things. They, they worked hard. They, they settled their house well. But one did all of that and did not forget about God. While the other, they squandered. They squandered their time. How many of these bridesmaids thought, man, I, 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 man there, there's time, I'll get it together. Some of us walk into the room and we're saying, it, it's, it's 2023. All right, God, I'm going to get it together. I'm going to get it together. The truth is, is when we look at this, the fact that the bridegroom was delayed, that was actually really kind of him. That was God's grace. He didn't come at the point where they were 
not ready and they had no opportunity, there was plenty of time for them to get ready. Plenty of time for them to get ready. And once again, they squandered their time. And so when they come and they knock on the door, here may be a really hard thing to hear. Not everybody is going to look at Jesus and say, ah, I belong to you. Not everybody's going to knock on the door and it's going to be open. Can he still be loving and not, not accept somebody? Let us not forget that he gave them responsibility. He gave them opportunity. He gave them direction. And they squandered it. As we can walk through the text and, and, and pull even more out, the hard part that they have to sit with is that they were invited, they were wanted there, there was a purpose for them there, and their lack of response cost them everything. Cost them everything. And so I have to sit here and ask you guys, why would he, why would he do this? Why would he tell such a harsh story? He is talking about the kingdom of God, and if I can, if I can just give that to us in a layman's term, he is talking about when everything is restored back to the way he intended it to be. If we're in this room and we don't think that there is a creator, God, I promise you there is. There's many stories that fill this room about how God has been loving and merciful and kind. And there is what we wait for. His return, where everything is restored back to what he originally made it to be, that we would have perfect relationship with God, not because we're perfect, but because he was perfect and he does a work in us so much so that we can stand before him justified. We can stand before him good and right. Our, our, our mess has been dealt with and there is nothing keeping us from having a relationship with God. He is talking about when, when, when that day comes, because it's coming, if you are in this room, this is a reminder that there comes a day where God will restore everything back to the way it was intended to be. And it will be for those. So if you're in here, you have nothing but time and opportunity at the moment to trust and believe that there comes something better than what we experience on this side of heaven. I don't know about y'all, but I've lost people. Um, I've gone through some really just tough things in 2022 that for me and my family were heavy. They were, they were burdensome. They brought us to tears. It, it, it shook our home to, to, 
to points where we lived in what felt like nothing but uncertainty. And so on this side of eternity, I've experienced a lot of shaking, a lot of brokenness, a lot of pain. But this is reminding me that there comes something greater. That there comes something that we wait for with anticipation. That we wait for a time where he will remove all sin, all pain, all tears from our eyes. Oh, so don't give up. Right now, you're, you're like, man, that sounds good, but I, I, I've, a, I've given up that. I've given up waiting on that because I need something now. And through all these stories, Jesus is very clear. He says in chapter 24, verse 13, he says, for those that endure to the end will be saved. Those that endure to the end will be saved. Jesus knew how hard it was. Jesus was aware of what was going to happen. Jesus knew that the temptation was, man, I will, get, I will make sure that I protect my comfort, my peace, do all that I need to do to give myself a good thing here on earth, and then when it's time, I'll get myself ready. Jesus said, don't be fooled, because if you do that, you'll miss it. You'll miss it. It's not to say don't pursue good things but don't pursue them at the cost that you've missed the most important thing. And that is Christ. And so, as I start bringing us back in to a close, I have to ask you, if this is what he is talking about, the kingdom of God, what kingdom are you preparing for? Have you committed yourself to prepare the way for your kingdom, your goodness, your pleasures, your comforts, your dreams, your aspirations, your goals? Because the truth is, is your kingdom won't last. Your accolades will soon fade and be forgotten. You'll be lucky if somebody down the line does does an Ancestry 23 and figure out, oh, that was my grandfather. Or that was my grandmother. You may be lucky. But what kingdom are you preparing for? Is it yours? That will surely fade and crumble. Or is it for that of the kingdom of God? Where he reigns, where he is good, where he is father. And he loves you and welcomes you in to a place of peace, protection, and provision. A place where you will never have to need nor worry ever again. Or sin. Or sin. Thank you. <laughs> there will be no sin. That's, that's, listen, y'all, that's some of the best news there. This kingdom of God, there, there ain't no jealousy. There ain't no backbiting. There ain't nobody taken from you. There ain't none of this. There ain't no doing you wrong. What kingdom are you preparing for? Because yours will fade while the one in heaven, the other side of heaven, that one's forever, far beyond what you and I could ever ask for. Man, if there's one thing that excites me, it's the fact that if I've tasted something good on this side, it doesn't compare to what's in heaven. 
So if you've experienced anything beautiful, anything wonderful, anything that brings you a smile, that swells your heart with joy, can I tell you that it will not compare for what God has for you? You sit here and you, these virgins were, were, or, or these bridesmaids, they're tough. Can you spare some oil? No. Can I tell you something? That your faith has a very personal responsibility. I'll say that again. Your faith has a very personal responsibility. How you respond to what God has gifted you is very much up to you. No one doesn't get to forever with God because God rejected them. No one will never not see heaven because God said, nah, I don't want that one. People will miss it because they would have said, I don't want him. And so Jesus being the loving teacher that he is, he says, I want to give you something. I want to share a story with you. It won't be your abuelita's faith, for y'all that don't know, your, your nana, your grandma. It won't be her faith. It won't be your mother or your parents' faith. It won't be your accolades. It won't be your church attendance. Guess what? When you get to, to see Jesus, it won't be, ah, you went to a gospel preaching church and that's what got you here. You went to a gospel preaching church and what did you do about it? And we see that in verse 13. Watch, therefore, because you don't know the day nor the hour. What he is saying is, is live for where you're going, not for where you're at. Live for where you're going and not for where you're at. All right, young preacher, that's, that's nice. So what do I do? How do I, how do I, how do I live ready? How do I... Stay ready. I wouldn't be a good preacher if I didn't uh, give you some, some words that align for you, right? Some, uh, some enunciation or alliteration. How do we get ready? First, first, we prepare. Secondly, we pursue. And thirdly, we participate. I don't want to leave you just saying, okay, this is great. He's, the, the, I, I may miss it. I, I don't want to miss it. This is warning. This, this story was a warning. Don't miss it, family. Jesus is telling his disciples, you are with me, and I still want to remind you, I don't want you to miss it. This tough story is saying, I love you enough to warn you that you can be with me and still miss it. I want you guys to hear the love of God and the fact that he would say, I want you there. I desire that you be with me forever. So much so that I will tell you how not to miss it. 
We prepare. We prepare by believing the gospel. The way was already made. This isn't how well you'll do, how well you'll perform. This is about will you trust God and and continue to trust God? Will you believe that in your place he rose? Will you believe that what you could not do, what you could not fix, how you could not dress yourself up good enough to stand before a perfect and holy God, he saw your need and he stepped into it. Will you believe that he put on flesh, lived the life that you and I could not live, but certainly died the death we do deserve and rose with power to give us the ability to stand before the Father good and righteous, to stand before God in right standing. We prepare by believing that daily. Believing that daily. Then we pursue. He has done all the heavy lifting, family. He has done all the work. And he comes to a place and he says, will you follow me? What does it look like for you to pursue? Pursue him in prayer. God, I won't move until I spend time with you. God, I won't lay my head to sleep without spending time with you. God, I want to know you more and more and more. So I'm going to open my word and I'm going to, I'm going to learn what you tell me about yourself. I'm going to, rather than buying this gym membership and committing myself five days a week to that, God, I am going to commit myself to deeper growth in you, God. I'm going to sit with some people that have lived life and ask them, how do you do it? I have struggled. I have wrestled. I have missed it. I am chasing things that continue to leave me unsatisfied. How do you do it? I want to be a learner of Christ. We prepare by believing the gospel. We pursue by sitting and learning God more and more. And then we participate. The truth is, is work, the work is there. Gonna be. There's low-hanging fruit. We, we, we can participate by serving and sacrificing like Jesus did. Jesus did not, does not ask us to do anything he did not do himself. So if you want to sit there and, and, and debate whether Jesus and God is fair or not, I'm going to tell you he is beyond fair. He is, he is merciful and grace, graceful towards us. And what we can offer doesn't compare. So this year, would you participate? Here's some low-hanging fruit. Can we come to church on time? Can we, can we come to church on time? Listen, I got kids, and I know the struggle, and I am not pointing anybody out. But I'm asking you not to come, on, come to church on time because it's like, hey, look at me. I'm here. I'm here. I'm doing better. But because this is where we get to meet and celebrate with God. Can we prioritize that? This is the moment where it's going to get real hard to clap, y'all. I know it is. We can participate. I get the privilege of of loving and leading in many different ways. We are a church with over 300 people plus that call this home. And we have a volunteer list that is struggling. Oh, here, man, this preacher guy trying to twist my arm to do. I am being honest with you. 
I am being honest. We have people that are in this room that I love dearly that I have seen them sweat and sweat and sweat with joyful smiles on their face. But I look and I say, why is it that we can't give them rest? Because plenty of us walk in this room and say, oh, it's taken care of. Oh, they did it. They got it. Church, can I ask you, participate. Because you're following a Jesus that has done it first. He is not asking. We have a kid's ministry. I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't know if I got the patience. I promise you, you have the patience for an hour once a month. And if you don't have the patience, you have a God that gives gracious gifts, y'all. Pray for some patience and go love some kids. Let us see what the need of the church is and respond. Not because we're saying, look at my good deeds, but it's because there has been a way paved for us and we get to do it the same way he did it for us. We're just simply acting like Jesus. We're just simply acting like Jesus. Well, maybe, maybe that's not your space. And I promise I'm bringing it to a close, y'all. What does it look like for us to give generously? Ah, there goes the preacher asking for that money. You miss it. God don't need you. It won't be your dollar that keeps this door open. I'm telling you that now. But there is an opportunity and a privilege that God says, would you join me? Would you join me? There is plenty of ways to give generously. You can give your time. That's a a hard one. That's a touchy one, I know. Some of y'all are making good money and you'll give money. But your time? (laughs) No, no. That's precious. Would you give generously of your time, your talent, and your treasure? Some of y'all have beautiful homes. Just open your door and let people in. I'll say that one more time. Some of you have beautiful homes. Just open your door and let people in. That's a real way to participate. Some of you guys have sat with people and you have heard their needs and you said, I'll pray for you. And you have every means and ability to meet it. And you said, I'll pray for you. Would you be the hands and feet of Jesus? Because there comes a kingdom that is a place that we all deeply long for, where God rules everything and all is made good. Are you preparing for your kingdom or God's kingdom? I know, that's not a very flattering thing to say, but I'll leave you with this. As we are reminded God has loved us through warning this morning. You can be in the room and still miss it. God loves you so much that he would say, I don't want you to miss it. So let me be clear. 
Watch. That means be ready. In verse 13, that means be ready. Would you be ready? Be ready for what is coming, not for what is now. When you're living for that, you can give away generously. My home, it's going to crumble at some point. Somebody might own it in 10 years. So God, use it while I have it. You know what, God? Rather than me staying up till midnight, let me go to sleep at 10 so that I can give those two extra hours to the church on Sunday morning so that I can serve. Now I'm messing with your sleep patterns. But God has loved us well in giving us a warning so that we do not miss it because he deeply... It won't be by your, your means. It'll be by his means. Just respond. Would you live for what is coming rather than what is now? Pray with me, church. God, we thank you that you have loved us well through your story. That you remind us that there comes, a, there comes a time where you will restore all things back to the way you created it to be. Would we be ready for that? Would we not squander the time? Would we prepare by believing your truth daily? Would we pursue you and knowing you through close and intimate times of prayer and scripture reading, God? And would we participate in serving and sacrificing for you? As you say in verse 13, let us watch because we do not know the day nor the hour. Help us, God, so that we can be found when you arrive as ready bridesmaids to the leading of the marriage feast that you have prepared for us. We pray that in the mighty name of Jesus and we say, amen. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast today. I pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. I look to see you at one of our services at 9 or 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Take care. God bless you.